Hey, welcome, everybody, and uh, Happy New Year. Welcome to River Glen. Welcome, everybody here in Waukesha, everybody online over in, in Pewaukee. So good to get together uh, with you. Maybe it's your first time with us. Maybe you're coming back from uh, Christmas. Great to have you here as we begin a new year. Hey, question for you. How many of you are hoping for a better 2021 than 2020? Yeah, all of us, right? And uh, I really believe that 2021 is going to be a better year, generally uh, speaking. But if you want to have a better year personally, a better year individually, it's not enough, you know, to just hope or wish or pray for a, a, a better year. It's not enough to just hope for better health or better finances or better relationships or a better relationship with God. Uh, it's, it's not enough to just hope for those things or just wish for those things. If you want a better 2021, you have to change some of your habits. Uh, Marnie and I had something really unusual happen uh, right before Christmas. It was the weekend before uh, Christmas. It was Friday night. We're watching TV. It's about nine o'clock at night. And out of the corner of my eye, I thought I saw something move in our living room. And I looked over, didn't see anything. I got up and walked around. I didn't see anything. Sat back down. We watched TV. About 20 minutes later, we hear this really odd, strange sound uh, coming from our, our bedrooms, and so I get up and walk over there, and here's what I saw on the floor of our hallway in our house. Yeah, a chipmunk in the house. I'm like, how did you get in here? And how am I going to get you um, out of uh, here? Uh, what do we do now? And so I, Google, I Googled uh, the problem, and I put together a plan, and I sent Marnie in there to catch it. That's what I, I did. Now, here's what I did. Actually, this was Marnie's idea. It was a great idea. I went in there. And I opened the windows a little bit, and I put a board, I propped a board up to the window so that hopefully the, the little chipmunk would uh, find its way out on its uh, own. Um, and so, you know, we went to bed. Uh, he went into a bedroom, I shut the door, and, and I opened those windows. And uh, we went to bed. We tried to fall asleep. And uh, first thing in the morning, I got up, I went to Home Depot, and I got one of these live traps, you know, put some peanut butter in it. I put it in that bedroom where we knew that he was, and uh, waited all day, didn't activate the uh, trap. And we went in there, we searched this whole bedroom, and I uh, could not find him anywhere. We just figured that he must have found his way out through the uh, window. But then it started dawning on us, this probably isn't the first time that this chipmunk has come into our house. We've heard these noises before. We found some walnut shells in our, our basement. And so we figured he might come back again. And so I put that trap in the basement. And guess what I caught a few days later? The uh, chipmunk. Yeah, that chipmunk had a habit of coming into our house, our warm house. He, he couldn't resist coming back because he had a habit. Habits are powerful for animals, and habits are very powerful for human beings. Recently, I started reading about habits and studying habits, and I came across this excellent book. It's called Atomic Habits. It's written by James Clear. It's where we got the name for this series, and we're going to share some ideas from this book during this uh, series. I love the title of this book, Atomic Habits. Do you know what the word atomic means? You know, many people, when they hear the word atomic, they think of an atomic bomb. And that's how we think change happens in our life. Like, you know, one big boom and everything changes. But here's what the word atomic actually means. It means extremely minute, microscopic, itty-bitty, tiny. And that's the way 
real change happens in our life. Outside of the day that you invited Jesus into your life, that was kind of like a bomb going off and changing your life forever, for all eternity. Outside of that, do you know how most all change happens in our life? It's like that. It's one little step at a time. It's minute. It's tiny. That's why, that's why we handed out these atomic fireballs when you walked in tonight. These little, these little pieces of candy are small, but they are really powerful. They pack a punch. They're very impactful. And in the same way, small changes, small habits can make a huge change in our life. In fact, think about an average day in your life. You know, the alarm goes off and you, you, you get up or you wake up. Do you, do you hit the snooze or do you get up and do something productive? It, it probably depends on what you're, what you're in the habit of uh, doing. And then as you get ready to go to work or, or to school, do you grab a donut or a healthier option? You probably have a habit. On your way to work, on your way to school, somebody cuts you off. I mean, do you yell at that person? Do you, do you, do you get upset at that person? Or do you let it go? Probably depends on what you're in the habit of doing. When you get to work, do you, you know, surf the web, scroll through social media, say you're working at home and you're not? Or do you try to do your hardest work first? It probably depends on what you're in the habit of doing. When other people gossip, do you join in? Do you lose your temper when other people disagree with you? It probably depends on what you're in the habit of doing. Did you know that if we could review video footage of our daily lives, Here's what we would not see. Somebody making careful, thought-out decisions. No, what you would see is a person who operates largely out of habit. Duke University did a study, and they found that 40% of our actions each day are the result not of you know, carefully thought-out decisions. They're simply our habits. Here's a definition for you. A habit is a behavior in your life that you've repeated enough times to be automatic so that you don't even think about doing it, like brushing your teeth. And these habits are tiny, but they're atomic, and they can make a huge difference in our lives. John Covey uh, put it this way, our habits will either make us or break us. We become what we repeatedly do. You know, our lives are just a sum total of the habits that we establish. Craig Rochelle says successful people do consistently what others do occasionally. By successful people, I think he means healthy people, impactful people. Some people occasionally eat healthy. Some people occasionally exercise. Some people occasionally surround themselves with the right kinds of people. Some people occasionally uh, go to church. Some people occasionally read the scriptures. But the most successful people do all those things too, but they do them consistently. Now, you might run, wonder, you know, that sounds good, but does the Bible have anything to say about it? I mean, you quoted from uh, Atomic Habits and other sources, but what does the Bible say? Does the Bible talk about habits? Well, yes, it does. I want to show you a few scriptures about this. Hebrews chapter 10 says, Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, you know, gathering together, meeting together like this, it, it's a habit. And you're either in the habit or you're not. Some of us maybe got out of the habit in 2020. It was so easy uh, to do, but we're just delighted uh, that you're here. This is a great time to renew or to start this habit. 
In the Old Testament, in Daniel chapter 6, it says, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, which, by the way, this is bad news that, for Daniel that this law got signed, he went home, knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Daniel had a habit. Three times a day, he'd go to the same place at the same time, and he would pray to God. Jesus had habits in Luke chapter 5. It says, Jesus continued his habit of retiring to deserted places and praying in the chapter before, Luke chapter 4. On the Sabbath day, Jesus went into the synagogue as was his custom. It was his habit. Paul, the Apostle Paul, had the same habit in Acts chapter 17. According to his usual habit, Paul went to the synagogue. And finally, in Romans chapter 7, Paul gets transparent about his struggles. And he says, for I do not understand my own actions. Look at this. For I do not do what I want. I, I can relate uh, to that verse. Sometimes I, I do things I don't want to do. You ever feel that way? You know, I don't want to eat this way, but I do. I, I don't want to be irritable. I don't want to lose my temper, but I, but I do. We have the best intentions, but like a a chipmunk returning to a warm basement, we go back to our old habits. I heard somebody say that when you give a message like this, you give a sermon like this on habits, the people who are good at habits, I mean, they love it. You know, they love a message about habits, but the people who are not good at it, they feel like a, a failure because they just know uh, they're going to try and they're going to fail and they're going to, you know, they're going to try and they're going to fail and they're going to think I've been down this road before. But I want you to know, I've been that person. I mean, there have been so many times that I have tried to uh, make it a habit to exercise, make it a habit to eat healthy. I've, I've tried to read my Bible and pray every day. And every example that I'm going to share with you today, I mean, I have failed at more times than not. But every one of those times that I failed, it moved me closer to establishing that habit. And I really believe today and throughout this series that if you don't just listen to these messages, you apply them, you're gonna be on your way to starting. And you might not always hit the bullseye, but you are gonna be on your way to starting to establish healthy habits. And this is a great time of the year to set some goals and, and start some habits. Many of us have made New Year's resolutions in the past. Maybe you've made a New Year's resolution this year. But did you know this, that studies show that 92% of New Year's resolutions are done, forgotten, and quit by Valentine's Day. 92%. And so here's the question that I want to talk about today. Why is it that so many of us don't see the change that we want, even though we're committed to it? Why don't we see the change that we want. I've got three reasons that I want to share with you. Here's the, here's the first one. We focus on the goal, but we don't understand the process. You know, I, if you think about it, I never really thought about this before, but, uh, you know, James Clear talks about this, that almost everyone has the same uh, goals. Uh, for example, I don't know anybody that sets a negative goal. I don't know anybody that, you know, sets a goal for 2021. I want to raise my cholesterol level to dangerous levels. Or, you know, I want to double my uh, amount of uh, financial uh, debt. I mean, nobody would say that. But many of us would say, I want to get healthier in 2021. I want to uh, uh, lose weight. 
2021. I want to be financially free in 2021. I want to reduce my debt. I want to be more generous. I want to read through the Bible in 2021. I want to spend more time with my uh, family in 2021. All of us have almost the same goals, but we have different results. Why is that? Well, it's because we've got a tendency to focus on the goal instead of developing a plan or a system for reaching that goal. In the, in the book Atomic Habits, here's, here's what the author, uh, James Clear, says. Goals don't determine success. Systems determine success. Look at this next part. You don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. In other words, you can, you can set goals. I mean, you can set some great goals. You can write them down. You can write down some great New Year's resolutions. But if you don't establish a plan or system to help you reach those goals, probably won't stick. And you're probably going to go back to your old uh, habits. You don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. Now, some of you might think, okay, but uh, that doesn't really sound uh, very spiritual. But you know what? If you look in the scripture, you're going to find examples, many examples of people who set up godly systems to help them reach their goals. I want to look at Daniel with you uh, for just a moment. Notice how it says he had this, Daniel had this habit of praying three times a, a day. It says he knelt down as usual in an upstairs room with a window open facing Jerusalem. So in other words, instead of saying, you know, just saying, I want to pray more or I want to get closer to God, he, he picked a time, a specific time, and a specific place to pray. Scholars believe these three times a day were connected to meals. And meals became a trigger, a cue for Daniel to pray. And so for us, it'd be like I'm, I'm drinking uh, coffee in the morning. I'm going to open up my Bible, and I'm going to spend some time with God. Uh, over lunch, I'm going to go for a, a walk and, and get some exercise. And I'm going to spend time with, with God while I do it. I'm going to put a, a devotional book you know, on the stand next to my bed. And I'm going to read a, a devotion each night before I go to sleep. That's how you form habits. One study found that if you want to exercise in the morning, you, you want to go running, you should put your, your running shoes and your work, workout clothes right next to the bed. That way when you wake up in the morning, they're right there for you to put on. And then give yourself a reward. Maybe, maybe afterward you have some coffee and you're on your way to establishing a healthy habit. This is such an important idea. We're going to spend some more time on this next weekend talking about how we can all set up practical systems that will begin to change some of the outcomes in our life. Here's another reason why... Uh, many New Year's resolutions don't stick and, and we don't see the change that we, that we want. We give up too quickly because we don't see change fast enough. Many of us can probably tell a story about this. I know I could probably uh, tell stories like uh, trying a new diet. You know, I'm try, you try a diet and uh, to lose weight, you're three days into it, you step on the scale and you've gained a pound. And you're like, this doesn't work. And you quit. Or you start reading your Bible every single day, you're two weeks into it, and you lose your temper, and you think, you know, this isn't working, and we quit because we expect instant results. I want to show you some uh, graphs visually, how experts tell us that change happens and why many of us uh, give 
up. You know, if this line here represents the results that we want and uh, this line represents the, the, the time, this next line shows how we expect our life to, to, to change. We, we just expect this immediate change up into the right, this immediate spike up into the right. Now, this next line here shows how change actually happens. There's not much change at all in the beginning. And then eventually there's a big change, a big change. You know what James Clear calls this uh, area right here where we uh, have a period of delay, a period where we don't see any change? He calls it the valley of disappointment because we don't see any immediate results and we think, you know, this doesn't work. That's why, that's why 92% of New Year's resolutions don't stick and are gone by Valentine's Day because success lags. If you change your eating and you eat healthy, I mean, it's not going to show up next week on a cholesterol test. If you start working out at a gym and lifting weights, you're not going to see any new muscle definition, maybe for uh, two or, or three months. If you stop drinking coffee and you take that money that you would have spent on coffee to pay down your student uh, loans, after a month, you're going to look at your student loans and it goes from $35,000 to $34,900. And you're like, that didn't even make a dent. And many times we quit. But we've got to endure and push through the valley of disappointment. You've got to be patient before you see changes in, in your life. Again, uh, James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, he says, the cost of your good habits are in the present. The cost of your bad habits are in the future. That's so true, isn't it? I mean, bad habits feel good in the moment. I mean, if I eat a hot fudge sundae, you know, every uh, day, uh, that doesn't take any, any patience. I mean, it feels good uh, right away, but it's going to cost me in the future. Good habits do the opposite. Good habits cost you right now on the front end. I mean, nobody wants to eat salad instead of cake uh, for lunch. Nobody wants to get up early and go to work. Nobody wants to exercise. They cost you now, but they, those habits reward you in the future. And that's why the scriptures encourage us to be patient and not expect instant results or rewards. Galatians 6, 9 says this, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we, say this with me, do not give up. And so don't grow weary living on a budget or uh, eating healthy and counting calories or going to the gym or going to church and reading the, the scriptures. At the proper time, God is going to do something amazing in your life if you stick uh, with it. Uh, maybe some of you started coming back to church, coming to church at the beginning of the year. Maybe you've been away for a while and you're thinking, hey, maybe coming back to church, it'll, it'll change my life. And that's great. But don't get discouraged after one week or two or three weeks. Stick with it every weekend and you watch God begin to transform your life. So why don't we experience the change that we uh, want? One, re one reason is because we focus on goals instead of plans and systems. And then second, we give up too quickly because we don't see results fast enough. And then here's a third reason, and I think this is the most important one out of the three. We start with do instead of who. We start with do instead of who. And some of you are like, what, is that? what does that mean? Well, I want to show you another diagram with 
the, the pictures, three levels of change. Three levels of change pictured by these three circles. The first type of change is uh, basically what, what I'm going to do. You know, think about your, your resolutions. Think about the results that, that, that I want. I want to lose 30 pounds, you know, this year. I want to read through the New Testament this year. I'm going to go to the gym. Uh, I'm going to get out of debt. This is what I want to do. The next level of change is how. This is how I'm going to accomplish what I want to do. What are the systems and, and plans and habits that I'm going to put in place? You know, I want to get in shape. I want to lose weight. So I'm going to need to go to the gym. I'm going to go three times a week. I'm going to go Monday, Wednesday, Friday mornings at 6 a.m. I want to read through the New Testament. And so I'm going to need a, a, a reading plan, a Bible reading plan. I'm going to create a habit in the morning. And then this third level of change is the strongest and the deepest level of change in your life. It's who, it's your identity. It's who you are and who you wanna become. This is the beliefs and the values that'll lead you to the deepest change in your life. But where do most people start? You know, most people start here with do instead of who. But I'm telling you, if you start here at who, and you move in this direction, this is a game changer because this will give you the strongest and the deepest motivation to change your behavior and your habits. Let me give you just a couple examples. One of these examples I came across had to do with two people who both want to quit smoking, which is a great goal. But one of them, one of the, uh, one person starts here and the other person starts here, okay? Let's, let's, let's take this person here. And uh, this person wants to stop smoking. And somebody walks up to this person and says, uh, hey, you know, here's a cigarette. And this person, this first person says, oh, I'm sorry, I'm trying to quit. But what has that person just done? That person has identified himself as a smoker, trying to quit. Now, the, the second person starts starts here at who. Somebody walks up and uh, offers this person a, a cigarette and this person says, I'm sorry, I don't smoke. Now don't miss it, it's subtle. I've changed my identity and it will lead me to do what, what I need to do. Let me give you another example from, from my own life. Remember uh, many years ago, I set this New Year's resolution to exercise every day, but I started here. Yeah, right there. And I remember I got up on uh, uh, January 1st, got up early in the morning. It was still dark out. I think it was like five degrees out. And I went for a run. And I hated every second of it. And I think I, think I lasted two days and I, and I quit. And I went for many years without a habit of exercise. But, but then I found something that helped me. It really helped me to connect the habit of exercise to who, to who I am and who I want to become as a faithful follower of Jesus because our identity drives us to accomplish our, our goals. And if you've tried setting goals in the past and you know, you're sitting here thinking, oh, I've tried New Year's resolutions before and uh, they don't work, well, maybe it's because you started in the wrong place. Maybe you started here instead of, instead of here. Maybe you started with do instead of who. And there are so many scriptures that tell us that we have a new identity in Jesus. 
that will motivate us and inspire us. Uh, for example, Paul says, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We're no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Paul says, because of our new identity in Jesus, we can break old habits. We have that ability. We have that power in Jesus. And also to start new, healthy habits. We looked at this verse earlier where Paul said about his struggles. He said, I, I, I do what I don't want to do. But then look at what he says a few verses later. He says, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's through Jesus because, he, because he, he makes you a new person with a new identity and a new future. And so I got a few challenges for us uh, today. Here's the first one. Before you write down goals, before you write down resolutions for 2021, I want you to write down this week who you want to become. I want you to write down some identity statements, some identity goals. I, I, I want you to take out a piece of paper, one sheet of paper, and on the top of, of one side, top half of one side of one sheet of paper this week, I want you to write down who you want to become. Define who you want to become. And it doesn't have to be long. You don't have to write pages and pages. Just a few statements on the top half of one sheet of uh, paper. I did this myself this week. Uh, who do I want to become? And uh, you know what helped me do this this week? I visualized my own funeral. That sounds pretty morbid, doesn't it? I visualized my funeral, and it was uh, happening here in this room. And uh, my wife, Marnie, was sitting right over here, okay, right in the front row, crying profusely. She, she can't take it. She's like, you know, I will never marry again. He was so good looking. Um, I'm kidding. But I just imagine uh, attending my own funeral. And what do I want people to get up and say about me? How do I want people to describe my life? Now, if that's too morbid for you, uh, you know, just imagine walking up to some family members or some close friends, and they don't know you're there, you're eavesdropping. What do you want them to say about you, about who you are? Write down, who do you want to become? So, so, so I, I just began writing down some statements, and uh, I'm going to share a few of them uh, with you, okay? Here's what I wrote down. Here, here's just a few of them. I want to put Jesus first in my life. I want to be a man of character who does what is right, regardless of the cost. I want, to, I want to love and treasure and encourage my wife, Marnie. I want to love and encourage and set an example for my kids and my granddaughter. I want to help more people find and follow Jesus. Those are just a few for me. Who do you want to become? So, Write that down on the top half, one side of a sheet of, of paper. And, you know, it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be super long. You can even do this with your family. You can have your kids do this. Write down, who do you want to become? Here's number two. On the bottom half of that same page, write down some small habits that reinforce who you want to become. Okay, we're going to help you do this in the next uh, couple weeks. Uh, don't miss a week of this series. But you need to start. You need to start by writing down and starting some habits that are going to reinforce 
who you want to become. Don't underestimate the power of small habits. Remember, habits are atomic and it, it really helps. It's really important to connect them, connect those habits to who you want to become. And then third, don't get discouraged if you uh, slip up or don't see immediate results. Remember, you're not going to be you know, perfect and uh, you're not going to see this immediate you know, spike with big results. But if you simply stick with it and don't grow weary, you will reap a harvest of change and transformation in your life like you have never seen uh, before. So uh, write down who you want to be on the top half of the page. That can stay the same each year. But then on the bottom half, determine what you want to do this new year. Write down some small habits, connect them with who you want to become. And God will use those small habits to transform uh, your life. I, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that God compels you to do that this week. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for your, your word and how it makes it clear that habits are so important and, and how it starts with who before do. I pray that all of us today would, would, would not walk away without deciding to do this one thing this year that, that may be different than anything we've done before. Writing down who we want to be before we ever start writing what we want to do. And God, would you take our identity that we write down and would you help it drive us to the right behaviors? Give us a vision for our life and, and motivation and inspire us like never before to become who you want us to become. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.